Hey everyone, I need your attention for one minute. This is not one of those ads. This is something that has changed my entire life. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that this is all about personal development as the foundation for everything good in your life. And this podcast is now sponsored by Growth Day, which is the world's first all-in-one personal development app. I mean, oh my gosh, can you imagine having everything all in one place that you need to create the life that you want? Now you can. So if you've been struggling with your motivation, your mood, your productivity, or your purpose, you have to check this out. Growth Day helps you consciously change your life and achieve your potential. It has all the self-improvement tools, motivational classes, and life coaching all in one place. So many of us want to improve our lives, but the question is how? Where do we start? What do we use? How do you get unstuck? How do you make self-improvement stick? Well, research shows how. It's when you consistently journal, track your habits, set goals, learn from empowering mentors, and challenge yourself that you'll be happier, healthier, and more successful. But let me ask you something. Where do you actually do all of your personal development work? I have to tell you that over 300,000 people use Growth Day for a reason. It works. It's the world's number one software for self-improvement. Growth Day has an amazing mindset journal that I absolutely love, a habit tracker, and a goal-setting system. In fact, I bet if you went to my stories this week, you probably saw me using the journaling app and telling you to do it too, because it's the first time that journaling has ever actually stuck consistently in my life because of this app. And best of all, Growth Day has live inspirational classes every single week from the world's top motivational speakers and life coaches. These are people who have impacted my life in huge ways. These are mentors who I already knew and loved. In fact, this is something that's so huge for me, you guys. I personally teach a class in Growth Day every single month, and it is one of the most fun things that I get to do, and I'd love to see you there. These classes will truly shift your life. There's always something new that you will learn. So join me in 300,000 Achievers Growing Our Lives with actual real intention. Visit growthday.com slash Lori for a free trial. Yes, you can try this for free. So go to growthday.com slash Lori and go live your best life. You guys, that's growthday.com forward slash Lori. And I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. Welcome back to the show. Today, my guest is Candice Kumai. She is known as the golden girl of the wellness world, Elle Magazine. And one of the top 20 new role models, says Ariana Huffington. She's a classically trained chef, wellness writer, and author of five books. She contributes to lifestyle outlets such as Cosmopolitan, Yoga Journal, Elle, Shape, Bon Appetit, Birdie, Girl Boss, and Well and Good, where she also sits on their wellness council. Candace is a former judge on Iron Chef America and beat Bobby Flay. She is a regular contributor on Dr. Oz and E! News. And you guys, I loved this conversation with Candace. She gave me so many new ideas and so many new teachings because she really talks a lot about this in her new book that we're talking about in here, Kin- Kintsugi Wellness. And it draws upon her Japanese heritage and culture to introduce the next big thing in the lifestyle space, the art of Kintsugi. So 
just a heads up, if there's kiddos in the car, there is some colorful language just to really stress her points. So you guys, I can't wait for you to learn about what Kintsugi is and listen in. So here we go. Candice, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Lori. I love, love you. So this is easy. And it's like talking to a girlfriend on the telly. So (laughs) (laughs) You know, what's awesome is I was like, this is so exciting because I literally you were one of the people who let's see, we met at Natalie Jill's lunch in New York. And you sat across from me and you immediately are one of those women who you just it's like I've known you forever. And it was so easy, like homegirl. Yeah. And we also have a lot of mutual friends, which I love. And, and everyone that we roll with is so real and supportive and hardworking. And it's like, how can you not love that in another woman? You know, you can just, you probably just sensed it when we met also. Mm -hmm. And I think Carrie Glassman and Gabby Bernstein and Michelle P and all of our girls like that are kind of in that group, like everyone works as hard as the other person and supports everyone too. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I am here for you, girl. And Lori, I wish I was back at home in Cali with you. <laughs> so you're from Encinitas? Is that what I saw? So Carlsbad. Yeah, okay. right. Encinitas. Yeah. And I miss it terribly. I mean, Carlsbad and Encinitas all the way. But you are like doing the New York thing. Like you are, you're literally, if someone could go to New York and like actually leave a mark on New York and show up, mm-hmm. like you are you're on the what you're on the today show you're on Dr. Oz you get to do all these amazing things so first off can I just ask you what that is like well you are so sweet about eight years ago I told myself that I wasn't going to stay in my small little surfer world of Los (laughs) Angeles after culinary school um I, you know, lived in LA with my surfer boyfriend and we had a great condo together and like we surfed every day and I knew that I wanted to be a food writer and I just had these big dreams. And since I started modeling at a younger age to pay all my bills and that's how I paid for culinary school, I just always had this devout love for travel in New York. So like one day I was like, I'm going to do this. And it was after a really hard time. Like most people don't know this part of my story, but after Cook Yourself Thin did well and our, our book at the time skyrocketed number one in 2009, they did not renew the show. My bank account drained. My boyfriend and I broke up. I moved into my own place. I hustled with fit modeling and cooking on the line and tried to make that work and I didn't make enough money to live so I had to move home to my parents house in Carlsbad at 26 Mm. and I barely had any money. I'm not joking when I say one of my friends, a few of them started hiring me to be their like assistants to make money on the side to get back on my feet and then at the same time I got my first solo book deal with Rodale so I started writing at their house Somehow I got booked on a show for TLC's Homemade Simple, which helped me to save enough money to move to New York within a year. So I had like a couple hundred dollars in the bank, enough money to put a deposit down and rent for my first apartment on Avenue C in the East Village of New York. And I moved here on my own to become that food writer. No boyfriend, no stable job, no job here, no income just like a fucking suitcase and a hard ass like attitude, like I'm going to make this work. Mm. And then all those shows and, you know, judging an iron chef and being a regular on Dr. Oz and E news and being on E and working with the greats and being on the today show, all of that kind of comes along with the territory of being in media and publishing, but like, it's not really who I am And quite in fact, like, even when we're together for those girl dinners, like, I get really shy, like, because I I think, like, some some of you girls are, like, such a big deal, and um, everyone's got these followings, and I've been a little bit more timid, because in a a Japanese way, it is true that you want to stay a little more humble, but I really kind of like... I I like where I am right now, because it's like I get to be 
the wellness girl that knows how to cook and implement Japanese lifestyle and ancient traditions into our practices of modern day life. But at the end of the day, I'm strictly a messenger and a bridge and I'm helping to merge different cultures by being a child of war, which is merely me just like revisiting my heritage and the way my mom raised me. So I kind of left all the magazines I used to be on the masthead with like shape and men's fitness and women's health and men's health to move into a category which nobody has explored. And so that's a little bit more ballsy than going on these daytime shows that are overproduced and, you know, that don't pay your bills. And I mean, let's be clear, neither does writing, but um, (laughs) girls like you and I make it look fabulous. And I think the struggle has been part of my story. And I think that's the other thing that you'll really see blossoming in this new book is Kintsugi is about the art of golden repair and how we're better when we show our golden cracks to the world. So I, okay, so I love the story because it's completely backwards from what I normally talk to people on. And it's normally like, I kind of started with this thing that really lit me up because I want to do these shows and I want to be this writer and I want to do, you know, I want, I I want people to follow me for this. And I want to be here and there where you were kind of like, okay, I started here. I did all this. I had this realization of now this is me. So I feel like there's so much wisdom to be pulled out of that, which is probably this book. So for you, what, why did you start? First of all, I saw a video about, can see on on your page a long time ago I feel like maybe it wasn't that long ago to me it felt like a while ago and um I was like this is beautiful I had never heard of this before so can you tell me a little bit about what that is and where it came from amongst your journey so that's a great question because it it started to come along at several parts it came along after a terrible breakup here in New York with somebody I was like so in love with Um, I was so broken. In fact, I think when we met, we might have still been together. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't that long ago. And then um, I realized that it kept coming up in my life. I went to Japan and I was studying my ancestry, which I've been doing for like the last eight years. And um, I saw a Kintsugi master that I studied under in Kyoto. And he taught me that like this was really ancient and that if a servant broke their master's plate or dish, they would even present a kintsugi artist would fix the uh, the object and present it back. And in some cases back then, the servant would even kill themselves and return the plate or dish and say, like, I'm so sorry. And it was a sign of, like, honor and honesty and dignity. And although that's not where we are today, it's important for us to tell these stories because if we don't draft and prize our history and our heritage then who the fuck are we you know a bunch of hacks talking about charcoal lemonade and like the best (laughs) mesh yoga pants all the time like that is so surfacey and not important in the bigger picture of life the important things are compassion sharing cultivating new experiences together, connection, talking about our past and how we can grow from things, how we can heal together, what things have sort of evoked emotion and created change and how do we leave this world a better place than we might have found it. Those are the important things to me and that's what my heritage taught me. And you're right, my story is a little bit backwards and I never thought about that. Like, I don't want the media. I don't give a fuck about the TV. I don't really need to be famous. I don't really want that. I want to share a deep and profound message of what my family taught me and the honor and the heritage and culture of a very small country called Japan. And maybe after Japan will come many other countries. You know, like, I've found this to be a really deep-rooted calling, and it was not something I planned, Lori, it was like, it fell into my lap. I was like, why am I trying to fit in when I was, as Dr. Seuss says, born to stand out? Mm -hmm. You know, we we can't fight that when it's inside of us. Like it's a fire. Mm. 
So yeah. do you think that it was really important for you to go through what you went through, though, in order to realize, like, because was there a point when that was the goal, when you were like, this has got to be the top, this is the goal? Yeah, and I, I think that the goal is at the end of the day for each of us to say to each other, we are better once we have gone through our golden cracks and healed and sealed them. Um, and everybody should kind of know Kintsugi is the art of golden repair in which when those objects break or it can be fabric or it can be pottery or it can be many things. But the Japanese have a practice where they seal it and they turn it into artwork and they see it as more beautiful with the golden cracks. And that is a metaphor to everyone's life. And Lori, you're right. Imagine if I had this perfect life and I wrote this book. It would not make any sense <laughs> where it's like going through the struggle and talking about financial hardship and not being able to make rent some months and like struggling as a writer and like getting dumped by the dumbest guy I've ever dated and like all the <laughs> stuff that I went through the last few years. I mean, I've had to change apartments so many times. I've couch surfed like I've I've been you know, a total shithead who thought I was entitled to everything to a completely humbled person that's really comfortable with who I am without nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, like I need no validation at this point right now. I just need more like real friends and family and hugs and gratitude. And that feels good. Mm -hmm. Whereas 10 years ago, it was like partying and going out and who's who and who's the hottest guy and like, who am I dating? And in LA, it was even worse. It was like, what car do you drive? Who's your representation? Who do you know? And then I would always like leave work early to go surf or like everybody would go and get stoned. And like, it's just this like incredible evolution of life and seeing how much we've grown and learned and loved and sort of become the women that we are now, which is like really caring about where one another are going. You know, I genuinely care about you and our band of like sisters that we have together in wellness. Like everyone's doing a great job of pioneering this space. And it's not easy, as you know. I love that you just shared that. Like, it's kind of like taking a peek from uh, uh, behind the curtain because even mm -hmm. to me, so I lived in the Midwest, which like, if you're not on a, if you're not on a coast, you honestly don't really know what's going on if you are not <laughs> in it. So we just think if you have all of these things that that has got to be it, like, especially with you financially struggling, I would have, you would never guess that. Mm -hmm. But there's so many times when this just goes right back to like, what is most important to you because if it's not if you're not living in what's most important to you it's like it doesn't matter how glamorous or beautiful it looks it's like what is really real within that picture and I love that you shared that so that brings me to asking you what means the most in the world to you right now well I think cultivating more peace and gratitude for others and my god do I sound like a total like granola hippie when I say that but like I mean that in the coolest like surfer girl turned like journalist in New York way like <laughs> why can't we just fucking get along and and drop our differences and stop talking about the divides and start just doing something you know I think the most important thing is that we do something you can write all the out blurted out tangents you want on Twitter and Facebook but if you're not implementing change like within public policy or organizations or you're not an educator or a speaker or somebody with a active platform I mean truly I think the government is where you go to implement the most change in which we wish to see right now like you have to be active in that arena do something and cultivate more of that peace and gratitude. And if all you can do at the end of the day is just pray for other people and send them warm thoughts, then do so. Mm, I love yeah. that. Literally. It's like, we always say the magic is in the do, like not just for the world, but for yes. yourself. It's kind of like you 
stop feeling, you feel a lot less fear and a lot less helpless when you do something, when you do something. So, you know, sometimes people post out of feeling helpless, but it can make you feel more helpless because you're not actually taking real action. So it's like this kind of backwards way of doing something that you don't even realize can actually make you feel worse because you're just now projecting the fear out. So for you, when you were doing, I know you have done so much research lately. And just for the past, it sounds like you said eight or nine years, just on really looking back in your family tree and just your culture. What are some of the, like the most exciting, just like aha, life-changing things that you've learned? Well, I think one we might say is like my mom ended up being my greatest vehicle to learning more about um, how to love, how to be compassionate and how to be a better person without even telling me, she just showed me. Mm. So the Japanese have this practice where they, they realize that children learn from what their parents do, not from what they say. So in the book at the very beginning in the chapters, I talk about how it is important for you to be an example and there's a saying, um, ganbate, which means always do your best. Like no matter what, mm-hmm. you are to always do your best. And if you do your very best, you should not have like um, any worry or how do I say, like you should sort of let go of expectation in any way. And I also think it's really important for people to know that like nothing will be perfect And wabi-sabi, which is the celebration of imperfection in Japan, and also the acceptance of it, is a really great practice for everyone to implement. It's another chapter in Kintsugi Wellness that's getting a lot of attention, and it's because it stands true. Like, there is something beautiful about perfectly imperfect things, including our hearts and minds and one another. That's so beautiful. So what did your mom do to make you, you know, you said she didn't even have to use words. Do you remember moments of just like looking back that she always showed up in a certain way that was her best and that really reflected to you? I mean, when she went to teach her coursework, she's a Japanese language teacher in San Diego. Um, She always like dressed well and she studied beforehand And even though she practiced the same coursework over and over to the same students who are in elementary school and high school, she would study. And so because she did that, she was so devout to her work that before Dr. Oz, the Today Show, like E! News, like whatever I've been doing, especially presentations and meetings, I will prepare before those. I will also make sure that I look lovely before every meeting and I will stay as professional as possible because I learned that from her and I didn't learn by her telling me I learned by watching her. So those are like really, really attainable strategies. Like Sophia Amoruso put it the best in one of her quotes for the book in which she said, like Candace has created a, a very like reasonable and attainable guidebook to wellness. And it is, it will stand out because it is so different from everything else that's out there. And it's not like I created these. This is the way that the Japanese have been practicing their way of life for years. And it's almost like a no brainer for them. Like they don't think about these, but it would take a Japanese American girl to visualize like what made Jenny, my sister and I so different from everyone else. And then I'm like, Oh my God, it was, it has to be how we were raised by a Japanese mom. So what do you think were the core things looking back? Can you pinpoint them to some core ideas? Well, I think I started to realize that I wasn't like everybody else and I kind of like being single right now. Like I'm enjoying every little moment of it because it allows me to figure out who I am and to always do my best practicing gambate and to take good care, which is kiyotsukete. And it allows me to have like my own way of thinking without it being shaped or influenced by anyone else so first and foremost I love that and I want every woman to know 
They are complete on their own. They need no man to complete them. And I also think it's important to like just be who you are unapologetically. You don't have to be loud. You don't have to be obnoxious. You don't have to take all your clothes off for Instagram. You can just be you and be a good person and work really hard and life will pan out for you. Don't have any expectation of what you think life should be. Don't look to other people for what they are looking and seeking out. Uh, like, I here's what makes me happy. Sleep, eating good food, talking to best friends from, like, childhood or college or, you know, my other hardworking girlfriends here in New York. Talking to someone like you, eating cookies, like, watching... <laughs> shark tank in bed and eating vegan mac and cheese like it is the beauty like watching a sunset like going back to Encinitas and taking yoga next to the eucalyptus trees at core power like it's it's always like the little pleasures in life like I value when I don't have to be on all the time because as you know our job is tough mm-hmm. so writing the book showed me these incredible practices like gaman is about working with great resilience like being resilient which is very new york but yet the japanese do it with such eloquence and grace and humility so just watching and being present and doing the dozens of interviews and hundreds of thousands of miles traveled over the years was an honor and a privilege and I felt that at no point even still now is the book even perfect enough it is it is always going to be wabi-sabi and um I also learned that like I could have written it forever and I, I had to stop because my mom and I who sat next to me and helped me edit the whole thing for years, we said we know we did as good of a job as we could have done and people will surely find mistakes. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the beauty, always. What's something wise that you feel like you have heard recently? Well, I definitely love... My the humility between my mom and dad and I talk to them a lot about life and I love spending so much time with them like more than anybody else in the world mm-hmm. and I will say that I commend all of my friends who have lost a parent or parents because I do not know what that's like and I so often feel so grateful that we have our health because it's the most important thing and um people take it for granted all the time and so if anything I've learned that like valuing health of you and your loved ones should be like it it is everything mm-hmm. you know and if you have your parents I think you need to learn to value and respect them and take care of them. And I never want anybody to think I had a perfect relationship with them. I even write in the book, I believe it is in the, it's in the chapter of Kyotsukete, or it might be in the Yuimaru chapter, which is about your inner circle. Mm-hmm. But like we fought, I was a bad kid. Like I, <laughs> Yeah, I know. My mom was like, you know, you should tell people that you are kind of not perfect because you are not perfect. And <laughs> kind of like a boring if you, you show you are a good person, you know, she wanted me to like say. Um, and I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like, we have to put that in there. Are you OK with that? And she'd be like, yeah, it's a true. You are kind of a crazy teenager. <laughs> So what made you crazy? Were you just, um, you know, being typical, typical teenage things or was it, what was it? Yeah. I mean, it was all about like wanting to always fit in and be a party Mm -hmm. girl and, um, just like late nights and 
hanging with the wrong crowd and, you know, just thinking that I was, like, better than everybody else. Mm -hmm. And that's, like, such typical teenage behavior that now Mm -hmm. I'm like, hmm, sorry for all those years. (laughs) But, you know, like, I'm making up for it now. Mm -hmm. So that's the the good news. Mm -hmm. And then we also, you know, like, girls like us have one another to lean on and say, like, hey, I was like that too, or, you know, I went through hard times, or I'm not perfect, or, you know, it's nice to hear, like, I don't, my sister and I fight, and we still fight, and, like, that's our relationship, we're not best friends, like, so many sisters we see, Mm -hmm. so I want other girls to know, like, you're not alone, and you're not weird if you're not best friends with your sister, you know, like, I love my sister to death, and she'll always be my homegirl, but we're not you know, the same person and like, we're not besties. Um, and I think that's okay. And I think being, having the contrast of like how bad I was then to where I am now is, is nice for my parents to see. It probably is a little bit of a sigh of relief that I don't love drinking anymore. Uh, you know, I, I share a, a similar crazy, well, just a wild background. And then with my sister too, I've just, you ha- I've had to make peace with it. And I also realized that we all ha- just have those pieces in our life that some people are figuring it out earlier. Some people are coming to peace with it earlier or later, or we're all just dealing thing- with things at our own pace at different times in our lives. But eventually it's kind of like, it's just, what are you focusing on at that point? So I wanted to ask you once your book, um, you know, once people start reading it, you know, because I know you, that you've given it out to different people, even though it's not quite out yet. Right. Um, what were some of the themes that started coming through? Like, what were some things that people were saying um, really resonated for them? Oh, I think the number one chapter I found to be surprising or not, that was like the most popular was Wabi Sabi, mm-hmm. the celebration of imperfection. Like, I was raised by immigrant parents. I was raised different. My mom is Buddhist. My father is Christian. We were raised Catholic. I mean, it's just like my godparents are, one is Mexican. The other set is Filipino. My parents' best friends growing up were Jamaican and Swiss. Like, it's just an incredible mishmash of, like, feeling different my whole life, which equated to, like, later in life getting approached by a modeling agency and kind of being, like, caught off guard, like, oh, like, you now want me to make money off of the way that I look, that's weird, and then that was my side hustle as a kid, which projected me into learning how to be a hustler later on, and then from there, um, I had to learn how to accept, like, that I didn't look like every other girl, and then when I got older, I realized that there were lots of men and women that were really attracted to half Asian kids and, and, uh, people because they find it like to be fascinating. And I, I see the beauty in that imperfection now too, but I didn't once before. Mm -hmm. So a lot of Wabi Sabi is just acceptance and then learning that like, that was the most pivotal chapter along with Shikata ganai, which means it cannot be helped, which is again about learning to let go. It's exactly like you and I talking about our sisters. Like, I totally had that moment too, Lori, where I was like, why can't we be like this? What's the problem? <laughs> you know, and I was like, oh my God, she's learned to accept me, and now I have to do the same. So, um, Someone's looking out for us because I swear (laughs) I didn't make this stuff up and it just came out on the pages and it was edited and perfected and whittled down to what it is now. And I I hope that you, Lori, and your readers and listeners enjoy the compilation of like these stories that are from World War II survivors, Okinawans. My grandmother's best friend, who's 96 years old, she lived next door to my grandma for over 65 years. Um, She watched my grandma pass away, and I interviewed her after that, and my mom told me she was the saddest of everyone. Um, Friendship, war, 
Kaizen, which is continuously improving Gaman, that endurance and resilience. I mean, this is the, the, these are the traditions of a nation that haven't really been written about from a Japanese American girl's perspective, because the Japanese would never share these stories. Mm -hmm. Why not? Because it is just part of their everyday Mm -hmm. life. Yeah. But I will, because I noticed how special and brilliant the practices are. So you, you know, it's such a mindful um, culture. I'm wondering if you've noticed how, because you also love food, you love to cook, you're so experienced with it, you share it with so many people. Have you noticed even just the way that the food is made and prepared? How have you taken that in your life and really tried to share that mindfulness even through the food and the cooking and the recipes? Well, what I love about this question is I'm like so into food because I went to culinary school like 15 years ago and cooked on the line. And it's it's my sort of like brick laid like I guess you could say it is my number one like true love when it mm-hmm. came to going into media and writing. But what we know from like that baseline of food is like from there – everything snowballed into nutrition and being the golden girl of wellness and now being in this great position of like, Hey, I don't want to write about hot abs now or like a new cover line, um, (laughs) to sell a magazine, like, you know, 21 ways to get abs. Like I want to write about heritage and wellness through Japanese tomes. And maybe next week I'll be writing about Polish or Fijian or, you know, those Kiwis and, I feel like this is a whole new way of living and exposing our ancestors and their Mm. track record is important. And I think food is the most important part of the track record because it is medicine and it's best way. And so learning about like matcha is part of my heritage and always has been. I'm like third generation that I know of, um, Kumai family matcha connoisseur and there's so much history behind it with the samurais the monks the seeds from china where matcha was grown and implemented and practiced and how it's looked at now people need to fucking wake up and learn about where food is coming from and what it means mm. it is something that should just be like thrown up in a lab somewhere and you know packed up for your pleasure and enjoyment like I still enjoy those avocados every day and I appreciate every part of where that food came from so that's another cool thing I think besides the recipes is the Japanese appreciate where food came from in practices like itadakimasu shinrin yoku um, is a tie into forest bathing Um, shojin ryori is the devotional cuisine practice that monks eat no food that was uh, produced with animal products. So like veganism is not a new thing. It is very ancient and it dates back to the 13th century and even living and staying with the monks for many different trips in Shikoku and Koyasan in the mountains of Japan have opened up my eyes to the chanting, the meditation, the religion and the discipline that I have seen within the monks So, like, it wasn't just food. It was, like, being immersed in the country with the people that made this book so unique. You know, I love that you talk about just knowing where the food is from. And it's so interesting because, obviously, there's so um, many studies around placebo effect and how beautiful to when you actually know what a food is doing, that your mind is so powerful. Not only the food is doing it, but your mind is connecting with the food in that way and allowing it to like really infiltrate your body and your cells and your mind. So I love that you said that just knowing, you know, when you drink your cup of matcha, like actually understanding Mm -hmm. where it came from or what it's doing for your body, which by the way, I need to really verse myself better in stuff like that Mm -hmm. because I really just don't. Um, (laughs) But I see, I see the beauty. Like I can see how it could become a sacred ritual in your life that even if you just started with one thing could become something so beautiful. 
Well, I agree with you. I mean, that's so the right way to look at this. And obviously, we're going to hang out in L.A. and New York and talk more about that and, like, catch up on whether it's, like, gray powder or uh, we're talking about, you know, your heritage and, and the foods that your body loves to eat and nourish from. Like, everybody should be figuring out a deeper level of connection to themselves through their heritage and it is a beautiful connection and it means like being vulnerable and taking your mask off and owning who you are and stop comparing yourself to everyone else because it is such a waste of time what are you most excited about right now um well hopefully the potential of getting kintsugi wellness into millions of hands and changing perspectives and hearts and minds and lives and getting more compassion out there into the world. I, I didn't plan on writing this book. It happened because my publisher told me I was ready to write my Japanese book. And I was like, no, I'm not. And it just all fell into place. And I wish for everybody to also like find divine timing and trust it because I'm very excited about meeting a new man soon when I'm ready (laughs) (laughs) I love it who what when where or how Lori but I just know it will happen maybe the same way the book happened you never know (laughs) yeah I I mean I don't know if it's gonna come from the publisher but hey you you never know like if if you ask I believe it you know you shall receive when you're ready and everything sort of aligns at the right time Mm, i love that any last messages about the book that you want to share with the audience um i think what would be so great is if you picked one up for yourself and also picked one up for a friend it is an incredible gift to give to another and it is a selfless book i very much recommend um dale carnegie and don miguel ruiz uh, Don's book, The Four Agreements, is a life changer for me, and I love it. And I feel like Kintsugi Wellness is a gift that you could give to somebody in any capacity, any point of their life, and it will help them. Um, I've had everyone from like different athletes to public figures to just girlfriends like come up to me and say like This is the chapter I loved, or This helped me, or I needed this. Like, thank you. So I hope for everybody to see it as a gift to the world. Um, The rights to the book have been picked up already in Brazil, Portugal, um, in Turkey, in Saudi Arabia, in Greece. And there are talks of it being picked up in Poland, Japan, Spain, Germany, France, and Taiwan. And I hope for us to continue to make this like a global trend because it deserves that not on the front of being a trend that adulterates the practices, but celebrates them. And I think that's what we need to start doing a little bit more of celebrating one another and our heritage and our ancestry. Mm, So beautiful. And thank you so much. Where can we, where can we find you, follow you and get the book? Oh, we are at, and I say we, but it's really just me and my cat, Cece. Uh, I just like, don't like. I say the same thing. I'm like, who am I talking about? (laughs) I don't like being a selfish person. And for you, probably don't either. Um, I am at Candice Kumai. So it's at C-A-N-D-I-C-E-K-U-M as in Mary, A-I. That's my Instagram, Twitter, and my Facebook ends with that you can look at my website candicekumai.com c-a-n-d-i-c-e-k-u-m as in mary a-i.com um, and you can also dm me or write to me anytime um the new book is called kintsugi wellness k-i-n-t-s-u-g-i wellness and you should pre-order it like crazy or order it depending on when you listen and always support your local girl gang like Lori and I do because that is the most important thing at the end of the day is more love for one another so beautiful and thank you so much for coming on and you guys literally I 
when I was looking at your researching your Instagram today all day, I was like, I am now officially starving. Like I want this woman's food now. Um, and just you, you just have to follow, follow her Instagram, grab the book. It's amazing. So thank you so much for coming on. I really, really appreciate you and all of the support that you give to other women as well. And just your dedication to your craft. So I always end on one last question. Are you ready? Sure. Okay. So you have a 30 second elevator ride with someone and it's a total stranger and they look over at you and ask, how can I make myself happy? What do you say? Go out and do more of the things that make you feel really good. Mm. Spend time with the people that make you feel great. The people that love you, that don't judge you and be grateful for your health and everything that you have in your life. In this moment, you won the lottery of life by being in the U S and if you're listening to Lori's podcast, you are privileged and grateful. Amen, sister. Thank you so much. And you guys, if you loved this podcast as much as I did, make sure you share it with your friends and until next time, earn your happy. Bye everyone. Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought, an honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye. Want to know a huge secret to my success? Okay, not only my success, but just about every single person that I have interviewed on this podcast who is successful has this in common. You guys, they love to journal. They capture their life lessons and what they're grateful for. But a lot of people don't keep this up consistently. And most people do know that the research shows that journaling deepens your gratitude and increases self-awareness. But did you also know that journaling decreases stress and helps you achieve your goals faster? In fact, journaling is a huge differentiator between average performers at work and high-performing people. It leads to longer-term clarity, confidence, and success. So why don't more people journal? Why didn't I journal consistently? Honestly, they don't like staring at a blank page. It's hard to carry a book around with you or a notepad, and they just don't even know what to write about or they just forget. That's why I know that you're going to love Growth Day. It's the world's number one system for self-improvement and it's like all-in-one personal development in an app. And it has an awesome digital journal and people love it. Growth Day's digital journal has hundreds of research-backed writing prompts for self-reflection, positive mindset, confidence building, and success. I use them all the time and it makes me think in ways that I typically don't and it makes me ask myself better questions, which we all know gets better results in our life. It even has prompts that help you develop a daily, weekly, or monthly habit of reflecting on your life and identifying areas to grow. So it's a perfect time of year to start journaling, you guys. When you sign up at Growth Day, you also get systems for habit tracking, goal setting, and scoring and improving every area of your life. Best of all, I get to teach there too, you guys. I'm so excited. I hope that I get to see you. I teach live in Growth Day every single month with a new topic just for you. So join me there. Start your free trial at growthdate.com slash Lori. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. And I want to make sure that you have my phone number and I'm not kidding. Did you know that I have a community text number for real? My phone number is 310-496-8363. This goes directly to my phone. All you have to do is text the word daily to 310-496-8363. And I literally text you every single day, Monday through Friday. I actually just got done 30 seconds ago texting a bunch of people back 
And I talk to you all of the time. You guys, people always ask me how I got my community text number and how it works. Well, all you have to do is you can just go to community.com and get your own. Community makes it easy to get a phone number that you can use to build your audience using text. People just text you at your number and they're added to your group. Then you can text them out audios, video links, anything you want. You guys, I text out happy birthday videos. I love to send podcast links, thoughts about life, book recommendations, uh, different events that I'm doing in the local area. Texting gets me out of the noise of social media and directly into your hand. And now you can start texting your people too. Just go to community.com to get your phone number. They give you a 10 digit real phone number, not those weird short codes that look like spam, but it's more than a phone number. Your new number comes with an inbox for SMS and texting. This means you can actually manage your text list from your computer and an app on your phone. You can schedule texts to send at certain times and to certain groups. You can even set up auto replies or let your assistant or customer service team answer your text messages via community's awesome dashboard. Just go to community.com and ask for a free demo. They'll show you how it works and get you your number. It's time to start texting your audience versus just posting on social media. Everyone uses community for that. So go check them out at community.com. I can tell you it's not just great for communicating with my audience, but Chris and I use community and our texts to also sell out our launches. I'm telling you, you get such an incredible response because you really are creating a true deep sense of community and it's so intimate. It's freaking amazing. Go check it out at community.com. Hey, I know if you're listening to this podcast that you have big dreams and big goals. And one of the things that can really stop you is struggling with your marketing. Trust me, I have been there. Are you using 10 different systems just to build your online business? Then I want you to try Kajabi. Kajabi helps you build your web pages, set up funnels, and sell your courses, content, coaching, or communities. You've been hearing me talk a lot about funnels on this podcast and the importance of your email list. You can get a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com. I've talked about Kajabi before, but here's something that's super cool and new. They just rolled out an AI assistant for creating your online course curriculum. And this means you just type in a topic that you wanna create on a course or webinar and bam, it's just generates a sample outline for you. It takes a ton of the hard work away. Of course, you're gonna customize it to be your own, but this really helps you get over the struggle of how in the world to start which is where most people stop. If you're like me, starting is always the hardest part and that's what makes Kajabi so popular. They've made it easier for creators to build web pages, build courses, build coaching programs, build membership sites, build checkout pages and build email funnels. So if you're struggling with any of those, you gotta go check it out. Go to kajabi.com. Kajabi was really the first all-in-one system and is trusted by over 100,000 creators. I think that's good enough for me. Also as influencers and marketers who use this and now their smart AI platform makes it easy to take what you know and turn it into an online course and business. Go start building with a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com.